Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for mothers who have children in spirit and who are now navigating life after the unimaginable. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, and I am one of those mothers. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing with you insights, stories, tools, and inspirations to help you find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. Welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Grief with Grace. I wanted to start this episode with reading a review that a listener sent or posted, I guess you should say, or I should say, um, on Apple, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, I don't know who this person is because their their name on the review says, add me. So, add me wrote... I'm really enjoying this podcast, even though I have not experienced the loss of a child. The insights about moving forward with your life after grief of any kind have been truly inspiring. Well, add me. Thank you for your kind words. You know, grief really is universal, and it's something that we all experience at some point in our lives. Yes, some of what I talk about pertains mainly or only to grieving moms, but for the most part, this podcast is for anyone dealing with any kind of loss, and for those that love or are supporting someone through a loss of any kind, to help them better understand what the person in their life is going through and experiencing. So, you know, I've said many times, and I will continue to say, you know, we grieve when we go through a divorce, or we lose our job or career, or we lose a pet, a parent, a sibling, whatever it is, loss of any kind. You know, you might lose your home to a natural disaster, to a fire. Um, There are so many things that we grieve over the course of our lives, and we grieve multiple losses over the course of our lives. And that's my intention with this podcast is to share with you through my own experiences and learnings, as well as those of the guests that I bring on, um, you know, let you know that A, you're not alone, B, there's nothing wrong with you, and C, hopefully offer you some guidance, some hope, some advice, some tools uh, that can help you on your journey. So again, add me, whoever you are. Thank you very much. Your words touched my heart. So today I want to talk about something um, I was reading through my journal a couple days ago and some things that I wrote in the early days popped out at me. And so I wanted to touch on some of those today because I think they're really relevant for me personally right now, as well as for, I think, people in general in the collective. You know, we know that we all know that there's no timetable for grief, regardless of what you're grieving. There is no end point. It's not like, oh, after this many days passes or this many months or years, then you're going to be done with your grief. Or when you have gone through this healing process, you're going to be finished with your grief. It doesn't work that way because we're human. We're always going to feel the pain and the grief from the loss. We also know that grief will sneak up on us at times. It's And this is something that came up in my uh, journal that I was reflecting back on. It's like waves on the ocean. Sometimes w- the waves are soft and gentle and they kind of lap at your feet. Other times the ocean is like this really roiling and raging and angry ocean in the midst of a storm. And the waves rise up, knock us down, and and they toss us all around, right? 
it feels like a tsunami is threatening to swallow us up. And then still other times, it feels like you're on a roller coaster that sometimes goes out of control and you can't get off the darn thing. Okay. And then something else that I wrote in my, um, in my journal, and this comes from my growing up years. I grew up in Burbank in California, right outside of LA, like right over the hill from Hollywood. So growing up, earthquakes were just a part of life. We never knew when they would hit. Sometimes they were slow, gentle, almost like gentle rolling waves. Um, Those are called tremors. Other times, like in the 1971 earthquake, they're over six on the Richter scale, which is a major earthquake. You know, memories of that earthquake will stay with me until I take my final breath here. And I know a lot of you listening um, experienced that earthquake as well. And you'll remember what I'm talking about. It was full of really harsh jolts. It, it, um, I think it was a 6.5 on the Richter scale. And actually, it's really interesting that I'm talking about this today because so I'm recording this um, at the end of January and the 50th anniversary of that earthquake is coming up in a little over a week on January, uh, February 9th. That's just crazy to me. I was I was 11 years old at the time. So grief is also like an earthquake. The initial event, such as the loss of your child, shakes the very core of the foundation of your life. It shatters it. It rattles everything you believe in. And when it ends, you're left looking around at the ruins of what used to be your life. In that 1971 earthquake, so earthquakes are interesting. There are different types. And that one in particular had these, and I'm, you can't see me, I'm using my hands to like mimic waves. So the wave went under some houses and then it's like it peaked up and went over other houses. So for example, my family home, it went over our home. So everything that was on top shelves in the house fell off and broke. So for example, my mom had gone to the grocery store just the day before. Now this was back in the days before plastic. So everything was in glass bottles and she had bought lots of bottles of of, um, like seltzer water, um, sparkling water, whatever you call it. And they were all on a shelf in our garage and they fell off and they broke. People on the side of us, on either side of our house, the waves went under their houses. So they had a lot more structural damage um, to the foundation of their house. That's kind of an example of, of grief. Sometimes it, you know, it, it shatters the foundation of everything that you believe in. It also calls into question and can really compromise your belief in God and in the afterlife in spirituality. Um, So again, you have, you know, what goes on below and what goes on above. But the thing about grief being like an earthquake, earthquakes are not a one and done thing. Sometimes there are smaller quakes after the initial large quake. So they might be a two or a three on the Richter scale. And then sometimes there are larger quakes like the one in 1971, or there was another big one in Northridge in 1994. Northridge was where I spent the first 13 years of my life. I had already moved to Atlanta by the time the 
94 earthquake hit Northridge. Um, but my point is that there are random large earthquakes and then random smaller gentler quakes. Either they're called aftershocks if they are if they occur right after the initial big earthquake. Um, but then you can have just random smaller earthquakes, um, you know, that aren't connected to a large earthquake. Well, it's the same thing with grief. I mean, why am I sitting here babbling about earthquakes? Because it's the same thing with grief. It can hit you out of the blue for seemingly no reason at all. Or you may know the reason, but it still hits you unexpectedly. I'll give you an example. You might be in a store and a a song comes on that reminds you of your child or that had meaning for your mother or that was played at your wedding and you're now divorced. Okay. So it hits you unexpectedly because you don't expect to hear that song. All right. Now, two things about the really dark, dark spaces of grief. First, if you have tools that you can use and lean on whenever you face one of those darker times, whether it's unex- whether it's expected, such as on a special day that's coming up, whether it's the day your child went to spirit or the anniversary day of their funeral or celebration of life, or it's their birthday, whether it's a place you know you're going to have to go. So for example, If your child was in the hospital when he or she transitioned, or at some point before that, if they were sick um, and they were in the hospital for whatever reason, if that's a place you then have to go back to for any reason, it can bring up all kinds of feelings and emotions and triggers and trauma. So if you have these tools, it will make those things a little bit softer. I'll give you an example. I remember the first time I had to go to the doctor after my mom passed away. And it wasn't long after she passed away. I'm thinking it might have been within a month or two. Um, But my doctor's office was in the hospital complex where my mom took her final breath, where she had spent the last week of her life. And I had spent the entire week in that hospital with my mom. So when I went to the doctor, I knew it was going to be emotional. I knew it was going to be painful. So I prepared myself for it. First of all, I used very specific breathing techniques so that I didn't start to hyperventilate because hyperventilating is very common when you're in grief. I also decided, I made a choice that when I went to the doctor, I chose to then go over to the hospital and go back up to the floor that she was on and I walked right by her room. I knew that it was going to be hard, but I also knew that if I didn't do it, It would haunt me forever. So as I made that walk, I still remember walking from the, through the corridor on the, on the, um, entry level of the hospital. I remember stopping and sitting on a bench to like center myself and connect with my mom and breathe in a particular way so that I didn't hyperventilate, um, And it helped. And it took some of the sting out of being there. Did I break down and cry when I got back in my car? Absolutely. But I also talked to my mom the whole way through it. Not out loud because, you know, people might have thought that they needed to, you know, put me up on the psych ward or something. And I really didn't want to stay in the hospital. So, um, you know, this was all just an internal conversation that I had with my mom talking to her and telling her how much I loved her and how glad I was that I had the opportunity that she gifted me the opportunity to spend that week in the hospital with her and to just connect with her on that spiritual level. 
Okay, But doing all of that took away some of the power of that place that was haunting me. Now, something else you can do is you can heal past traumas that were either from this lifetime or a previous lifetime. That will help take away some of the layers of the devastating and um, really traumatic emotions that are associated with those experiences, whether we consciously remember them or not. This is some of the work that I do with my private clients in our soul realignment work, as well as in my transmuting emotions course. And that is my proprietary five-week course. It's a virtual journey that we go on. Um, I do it one-on-one. I also do it in a group setting. And it helps you shift and transmute some of those lower level emotions of grief on an energetic level that you will not find in any other books or courses. It is something I created and um, I will open that back up again for registration in a couple of months. So if you're interested in more information about that and to get on the wait list, send me an email at um, info at lorilatimer.com. I don't have a website yet. It's something I'm working on, but you know, frankly, I don't have the I don't have the the energetic bandwidth or the time right now to devote to that, but it is something I'm working on. So for now, just email me. I answer all my emails and I love corresponding with people through email. So, as I record this, like I said, we are at the end of January of 2021. I think today is the 28th or 29th, I don't know. I know that a lot of people thought that January would bring some like miraculous change in things for us, that we would leave the pandemic and everything it brought with us, brought to us, that we would leave all that back in 2020. But life isn't like that. Grief and so many other things don't care about dates on a calendar. So January 6th was my son Greg's second angel day. January 21st was my birthday. Now, So I made it through my first birthday two weeks after he passed away um, two years ago. And then I made it through his first angel day and then my second birthday without him a year ago. I don't know why I thought it would be a bit softer this year. I'm not going to say easier. I'm not going to say better. But I thought that it would be a bit softer. Well, I was wrong. It wasn't. Now, I understand part of the reason why, and that's personal, and it's not part of what I want to talk about in this episode. I will talk about it in a future episode because there are some teaching elements to it that I think will help you, but it's just a like a tangent, a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down in this episode. But when it was heavy, when it was dark, when it was so much more painful than I anticipated, I allowed it. I let the ugly tears flow. I let myself fall apart and I let myself rise back up and then I let myself fall again and I let myself rise back up again. I let all of it be whatever it needed to be in that moment. I didn't stay in any one place, but letting the emotions be what they were in each moment, um, doing that allowed them to continue to move. They didn't get stuck. And so I didn't get stuck in any one space. Now, I will say that this lasted much longer throughout January than I had expected. I expected that his angel day would be emotional. Of course I did. Of course it's going to be. 
But again, it lasted much longer throughout the month than I had expected. But each time, each day, each moment, I rode the waves. Because remember, emotions are energy in motion. They come and they go. Sometimes they're harsher. Sometimes they're more painful. Sometimes they're deeper and darker. Sometimes they're softer. Honor each one as it becomes present with you. That's what I did. And while I fully admit it was messy at times, I knew that it would all move if I let it, if I surrendered to it, if I didn't, if I didn't stuff it down and ignore it and push it away. And then if you can, after the waves subside, journal, write down what you were feeling. Notice the thoughts you were thinking, write those down, because this is another way to release some of those, um, some of those heavier, denser emotions that we all carry. And I will tell you that there is no amount of journaling, my transmuting emotions course, there's nothing, no amount of therapy, none of that is ever going to release all of the lower level emotions that we carry because we're human. We're here to experience the entire range of emotions. What that transmuting uh, emotions course does, it helps you release some of the layers so that they aren't weighing so heavy on you. Okay. You know, that th- as I said that, it reminds me of, of an analogy. So my little grandson is two now. And you know how two-year-olds are toddlers, right? And toddlers have temper tantrums. Emotions can be like a toddler having a temper tantrum. Most toddlers, now think back to a toddler in the, you know, that if it was your child, your grandchild, um, you know, it might've been a toddler you saw in a store or a restaurant, but most toddlers, if you leave them to have their tantrum, eventually they're going to wear themselves out from it and they'll be all right. They know how to self-soothe to get them back to a happier space, right? When we try to step in and stop their flow of emotions and stop their tantrum, what happens? Well, usually they dig their heels in even more and they'll throw even more of a tantrum, right? So just let their emotions flow. And the same thing with you when you're in those darker spaces of grief, because the emotions of grief are the same way. Let them have their space, their time, acknowledge them. And eventually they will shift. But if you ignore them, if you shove them aside, then they're like the toddler that digs its heels in. And, you know, I will say too, that there's also been a lot of really heavy, dense energy in the collective recently. I I know I was picking up on that. Since my birthday is January 21st, I am an Aquarian. And without going into too much detail about astrology, Aquarius is an air sign, which basically means we're the deep thinkers. We're the ones that like to spend a lot of time in the mental realms contemplating things. And Aquarius is also the water bearer. Well, water represents our emotions. So the water bearer carries the emotions of other people, not our own emotions, because we like to default to the mental realm. Okay. We don't want to deal with our emotions, but boy, we sure are good at carrying the emotions of others. And there's been a lot of emotion to carry lately. And when I remembered that, I'm like, ah, the little light bulb went off. And I thought, okay, part of what I'm feeling is not mine. Okay. But all of that was affecting me too. Now, 
I will say that over the past couple of days, so, you know, the week of January 25th, um, something in the collective shifted energetically. I felt it. There was like a release of sorts. And I've, I've had conversations with a couple of my spiritual sisters, and we talked about this because they felt it as well. Now, don't get me wrong. There is still a lot of chaotic energy going on, and it's going to continue for an, another few months into 2021. It's going to lighten up, I believe, as we go through the year. And it did lighten up a little bit this week. It was very subtle, though. But if you're extremely sensitive to the subtle changes in energy like I am, you may have felt it, okay? Um, you know, and also, if you are an air sign, and the air signs are Aquarius, um, Gemini, and Libra, I think, are the other two. Um, so if you're as energy, energetically sensitive as I am in being an air sign, you know, we're like little transmitters that pick up everything going on from everyone. Okay. That's why you may have felt it. I know that's why I felt it. All right. So to wrap up this episode, when you find yourself, um, how do I want to say this? I guess as you, you know, when you find yourself in those deep emotions of grief, don't edit it. Don't judge it. Don't, don't make yourself wrong. Don't analyze when you're in this space. And that's something that if you are an air sign, you will tend to do. Because again, we don't like to feel the emotions. We want to think about them, process them, right? Simply ride the waves, just like a surfer on the ocean, okay? Don't resist any of it. Just be with it. Yes, feel it for you air signs out there. Feel it. It will shift if you allow it, just like the toddler will eventually wear him or herself out from the tantrum. Um, the emotions will shift if you allow them their space. And again, don't make yourself wrong when this happens. Grief is messy and it's complicated and we are carrying lifetimes of grief. That's why my soul realignment work is so powerful too, because we get in and we clear some of the blocks and restrictions that we have created kind of as coping mechanisms from previous experiences in this lifetime and past lifetimes. Um, and I don't know why this thought just came to me, but I'm going to, I'm going to share it because it did. So it came up for a reason, but for the ladies, when you are in those dark, messy times, here's a little tip. When you're in that space, don't wear mascara. I say that from experience this month. I have I have gone so many days this month without putting any makeup. I don't wear much makeup at all, but I have really foregone the, um, chosen to forego the mascara this month for most, on most days because it just was not pretty. All right. So, I just got a download as to why that thought popped up in my consciousness. It's because I wanted to end on a little lighter note. So I hope you smiled a bit when I made that last comment. Okay? Laughter, humor is one way to help shift our emotions. Now, when you're in the deep throes of grief, I'm not saying, you know, then. But after you've kind of come out of that, when you're able to take a deep breath Find something to make you smile or to laugh about. A little bit of humor, just like that little comment right there. 
it can release some of the heaviness of what you just birthed, what you just purged, what you just experienced. Okay? So, please, please, please keep your reviews and comments and messages coming to me. They help so much to know what resonates with you, what you want to hear more of, all that good stuff. And again, if you want to be placed on the wait list for my Transmuting Emotions course, or if you want more information about my soul realignment work, be sure to email me at info at And until next week, as always, I am sending you so much love and grace. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Grief with Grace podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook community and follow me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you fresh new content each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I hope you do, please be sure to share it with a mom who could use a little extra support. Until next week, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.